Today on Locked On Canadians, it is a special crossover edition with the wonderful Erica Lindsay Ayala of Locked On Kraken. We're going to be talking, obviously, Shane Wright versus Uri Slavkovsky. But we're also going to tee up the game that's going to happen the night that you're listening to this. That's all coming up on episode 740 of Locked On Canadians. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Locked On Canadians and Locked On Kraken. It is a squad cast. Erica Lindsay Ayala coined the term, and she's here today to talk about the Seattle Kraken. Obviously, we want to know about Shane Wright and what's been going on there, uh, and we're going to offer our perspective on Yuri Slavkovsky. Thank you so much, Erica. How are you doing? And thank you for your time today. Hey, well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be on this uh, squadcast, as you mentioned. And we we pretty much were guaranteed to have one of these uh, once the the draft went down the way it did, and uh, and then of course with all of the conditional loan and TOI and whatnot uh, that we'll get into. So I'm excited to, to break it all down and to hear the Canadians' perspective. So before we get into Shane Wright, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day, wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. We are free and available. And if you are listening to Locked On Canadians, you have to be listening to Locked On Kraken because Erica gives a great perspective. It's a fun, dynamic show. She literally interviewed Shane Wright. So we're going to ask her about Shane Wright. Scott, I'm going to let you ask the questions because I don't want to be snarky. (laughs) So... (laughs) We're gonna. I my original suggestion for this podcast was to recreate the draft where every one of us just kind of glares at the other person for a half an hour and then we just wrap the show at that. But unfortunately, that doesn't make a great audio podcast. So, particularly with the chips eating. Oh yeah, I mean, I I have bags of chips, and we know yeah. that Jeff Gordon and probably then Martin Saint Louis and Kent Hughes then seen my joke from the draft about that, which is completely terrifying on a lot of different levels. I suppose my biggest question with this is that. Shane Wright's coming off a conditioning loan because he was a healthy scratch a lot to start the season for the Kraken. And he only topped, I believe, eight or nine minutes of ice time once in the games that he did play. Yeah. Has Dave Haxtall or the Kraken kind of given a reason for that? I it's it it looks baffling from the outside. And I'm very curious because I don't want to sound smug about that from a franchise with its own past prospecting issues on its own. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a question. And I think honestly, in the last really week or so, we've started to hear a little bit more. Um, one thing Dave Haxtell is, is pretty close to the vest. And he is not going to, uh, as I say, especially last season, he's not going to defy. He's not going to like put his guys on the chopping block. He's, you know, he'll, he'll uh, absorb anything if he gives you any information at all. So the, so here's what we know going into today's game, tonight's game. Shane Wright will play. <laughs> um, there's a lot to be determined uh, regarding the lines for the Seattle Kraken, but Shane Wright is expected to be in the lineup. What we also know is Ron Francis, I guess, um, about a week ago now, maybe a little less, he gave an interview and he called some of Shane's 
uh, time on ice um, or lack thereof, quote, self-inflicted. And Hadi Kalakesh and I talked about this on Locked on NHL Prospects show. Um, and Hadi and I just breaking down that Shane was taking some short shifts. And, and so that didn't help the case. But again, that's something that Ron Francis said way after the fact and that we heard in an interview. When I did talk to Shane Wright, um, what we know from him is that this, and we heard it from uh, Ron Francis, our GM, and Dave Haxtell, our head coach, that it was really about building up confidence. Shane Wright, as you mentioned, topped off maybe at 10 minutes max. I think he went a little bit over 10 minutes in his last game. And then to, or yesterday at um, media availability at, at pra- after practice, Shane Wright also mentioned that he knew about four or five days before he was going to the AHL that, that he was going to be sent down because he had to have five scratches before the conditional loan could kick in. So we just got a lot of that information, but it has been a lot of people yelling into the Twitter void uh, about how Dave Haxel and Ron Francis <laughs> don't know what they're doing. That has never been my take on it, though. I have to say I was one of the people yelling into that Twitter void about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. It's like, obviously, we're like, we'll get into the whole Slavkovsky thing after that, but from the outside, it's like, what is going on here? And in your opinion, uh, not to like put you on the spot, but to kind of put you on the spot here, unfortunately, do you, I, the conditioning stint seemed to do very well for him. You know, he did play, played very well in Coachella Valley for the Firebirds. Is this the start of something bigger for him now? Or is there still the possibility that after world juniors, they go, maybe we just send him back to junior. Is there, any kind of hint at what the next step in the uh, whatever the game plan is for Shane Wright and the Kraken? There's absolutely no indication. They won't even give a definitive answer with World Juniors. Um, I tried. I've asked Shane. He was asked again yesterday. Dave Haxtell has been asked. Ronnie Francis has been asked. And we we saw this, though. We saw this with Maddie Beneers because, obviously, uh, World Championships got postponed because, you know, COVID and they started the tournament and then had to stop it. And then that was terrible. Uh, but we saw that Maddie Beneers did not return for the restart. He was already up with the Kraken by then. But then also you have to remember that the Seattle Kraken are down a goalie because our goalie tore his ACL in the gold medal game. So uh, Ron Francis has gone on the record a few times saying that he'd rather his players not play internationally and again with Chris Drieger going down I'm not sure he's going to change his tune so much on that Dave Haxtell yesterday after practice did say that it's always just generally speaking kind of good to get that international feel and and Shane Wright said of course it's always an honor and you always want to consider it but we have no indication on whether he's going to world juniors we do know that he has I think two more games that he can dress that until he taps out at nine so either after then he's going to stay with us or he will be sent down my gut is that the AHL did do wonders for him he did get some confidence. He had four goals on his first five shots and was asked, so, like, are we going to see that in the NHL? And he literally, like, buckled over laughing. He's like, it would be nice, but I'm thinking no. <laughs> <laughs> so at least he's in good spirits. Um, but And, of course, he was asked about uh, – going into the the lineup against Montreal and, you know, just kind of push that aside a little bit and said, you know, it'll be a fun one. Um, but we don't know. 
my read on it, I was actually wondering if he was going to get into the lineup for, for this game tonight at all, just because of some of the storylines and because it seemed to be like a confidence and again, um, you know, self-inflicted reasons why he wasn't getting a lot of time. But um, I think the four goals in five shots in the AHL, we did see how he has a fantastic quick release he does have a high iq again hadi kalikech and i talked about it we've squad casted a few times now and talking about shane wright he reads things very well i thought it was interesting um hadi and i also talked that shane wright he was able to move at lightning speed in the ahl but he was very calculated in his time in the nhl so does that speak somewhat to the confidence sure does it speak to him just getting his feet wet and kind of being a deer in headlights i can only imagine so what i will be looking for regardless of it's against montreal or the next time he makes the roster is he going to step up and show that he's improved the confidence and start making hockey plays. He was on the ice. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't making any mistakes, but he also wasn't making an impact when he was in the game. And then again, taking these short shifts. So now it's about if this is, if you've got two games, Shane, and we saw what you can do in the AHL, what are you going to do with your next two chances that you hit the ice in the NHL? Because yeah, you're a rookie, but you're fighting with grown men for jobs. So I want to see him step up. I think the, the big thing is that this game, the fact that he does draw into the lineup, and I was going to suggest before you confirm that he would be dressing for it, is I was going to suggest that maybe both teams hold back, like Slepkowski yeah. and Shane Wright, and we don't get this battle. But I think, you know, him having a good game against the Montreal Canadiens will do a lot to dispel the narratives. And, you know, obviously people are talking about it. And And I do believe that, you know, a player that competitive can take a confidence hit if he drops to fourth when he's expected to go first. I totally understand that. I totally get that. It's how he comes back from that and how yeah. he reacts. And so it's like the Montreal game is going to be a real statement game for him. At the same time, Slavkovsky doesn't have as big of like I guess the statement that he needs to make uh, isn't as big as high stakes as the one that Shane Wright does but there's still uh, a lot to be said for this particular matchup in the lineup uh, him being in the lineup in this particular matchup for him so we're going to talk about that in just one moment but first this show is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On Canadians, we believe that home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Canadians and Locked On Kraken listeners 40% off of a new security system. But do not put this off. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. And remember that in an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence, verify the threat is real, so you can get your higher priority police response. Do not miss your chance to save big on our favorite security system get 40 percent off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl today that's simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl there is no safe like simply safe all right it's time to talk about slavkovsky uh we've had uh we've had some lineup and time time on ice is uh, issues of our own uh to be fair 
we have there the conversation that's going on in Montreal. It's really interesting, you know, because Shane Wright was actually sent down. The com- conversation that's been going on in Montreal is if they're not going to play Slavkovsky on a uh, more minutes on a higher line, like he 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 was playing on the fourth line, right? If if they're not going to give him middle six or top six minutes. Why not send him to the AHL to dominate? And the Canadians thus far have not been willing to do that. They've said, you know, you talked a lot about what Ron Francis and Dave Haxtell said. The Montreal Canadiens have said that they want to take their time with Slavkovsky. They want, uh, they want to focus on the kind of player that he can be in the long run, not necessarily the kind of impact he's going to make today. So there's a little bit of, it's a reverse situation in this case, because they're both kind of not being played a lot, um, they're not seeing a lot of ice. Like fans are yelling into the Twitter void on both sides. But the Canadians are being transparent with their philosophy. I think the problem is that a lot of us just don't agree. <laughs> right, Scott? Yeah. And the thing is, is that, yeah, he should be sent down. But at the same time, Mike Hoffman is injured. Brendan Gallagher is injured. They don't have bodies to replace him in the lineup right now because – I don't know if it's a cap space thing or if they want to just let the AHL team cook the way that they are, which is its own entire mess that I will not get into on this show. (laughs) But at the same time, they put him in the top six and he looks, his entire game is based off of swagger and confidence. And you can see him when he's handling the puck and making plays, he's doing them with authority and trying things to be more aggressive. And on the fourth line, we on this podcast have a soft spot for Jake Evans and for Michael Pizzetta and Rem Pitlick. They are not guys who are going to play up to the skill level that Uri Slavkovsky is capable of, whereas in the AHL, they do have guys who are on a higher skill level as prospects. And it's like we saw Shane Wright go down and score goals and gain confidence to come back to the NHL. No one's saying it needs to be a permanent thing this year, but at the same time, As Laura said, Habs fans, myself included, are yelling into the Twitterverse and into the void that maybe following that path, even if it's it's not a conditioning stint, but like, hey, if you're not going to go to World Juniors, we're going to send you down for a couple of games, play two weeks with the Rocket, and then you're going to be back and we're going to, you know, put you in here, especially with the trade deadline now, two and a half, three months away at this point, whenever that might be. Bodies are going to leave the Canadians and Slavkovsky is going to be expected at that point Mm. to pick up some of that slack, I think. So it is very interesting to see, to hear that he's got some of that confidence and he played with a speed and a pace because that's what Canadians fans want to see from a kid who's built like a thoroughbred horse, quite (laughs) literally. He's gigantic. (laughs) I mean, he's got great size. He's got all of the confidence. And I mean, that really started to swell and bubble over leading up to the draft. Um, And arguably, I mean, if you ask some people might have been why we saw things go the way that they did, but it's like, you know, he's got seven points in 19 games, uh, you know, comparative to what Shane Wright has. I mean, that's a lot more of a sample size, but I think there's also a, there's, so there's definitely things that are similar, but there's also things that are different. And I was taking a look at the, the lines that rolled out at practice yesterday because for us the Seattle Kraken I thought did not start great 
out of the gate. I was like, oh, here we go. We fixed things in preseason. And then we started the regular season just like we played all of last year. And I was having fits. But then they started getting it together. And one of the people in particular who I have apologized multiple times on Locked on Kraken because I did not like the Morgan Geeky deal because I am a Ryan Donato truther and I didn't understand how you give Geeky a deal first. But I have had to eat my words because Morgan Geeky has played well. So then the question becomes, where does Shane Wright fit? Again, he wasn't making mistakes, but he's not scoring like Geeky. He's not a grinder like Donato or Sprong or even Coleman, who's usually the odd man out. You're not taking Wenberg out of the game at the center position. Don't even think about touching Maddie Beneers. So then do you put him out of position? Do you take someone out just to get him minutes while the Seattle Kraken are starting to figure things out? So that is where I saw it for Shane Wright. So I hear what you're saying about Slavkovsky, where it's about who do we pair him with so that he's leveling up his game. And with the way Shane Wright was playing at the NHL level, I think it was the opposite. He was playing a solid game, but not solid enough to win out a position over some of these guys. But then Geeky gets hurt right around the time where Shane Wright's conditional loan is coming to a close. Geeky's day-to-day, he was on the ice yesterday. So does that give Shane Wright some time to make the roster? So regarding, though, Slavkovsky going to the AHL, and you did see that the confidence boost helped Shane Wright. But I wonder, though, Given that confidence doesn't seem to be his issue, are you worried that then he is not getting the habits that he needs to really accelerate his NHL game? I think he's just not playing enough to get the experience that he needs. Because you know, and you were in the, you were at the Olympics, you covered the, the you you covered the women's tournament, but you saw a lot of these men's games as well, right? And yeah. You know, Matt was there, so I was covering Maddie <laughs> Those are my two assignments, and it was awesome. <laughs> What's really fun is that Scott loves Maddie Benier, so I think our third segment, we're going to spend a little bit of time on him. But no, I think that's the thing is that he, you know, he because because of the way his development has gone, right? He left home at a young age to play against men. He was playing in a men's league. People keep repeating that, right? But the NHL is a whole different ball game, And I think just in general, so is the AHL. And the AHL is a bit... T- tougher physically, I think, uh, than what he's used to elsewhere, right? So for me, I just want him to play more minutes so that he can develop habits, as you mentioned, habits. Like, I just want him to play more. And again, there's a lot of disagreement on this because, and, and some listeners have rightly pointed out, right, that, you know, what kind of a message does that send to this kid who's done everything he can, and instead of giving him more time in the NHL lineup, what they're doing is sending him down. I yeah. think he's he's the kind of player where he wants to do whatever he can to become a superstar, right? That's his goal. Like, he's going to help the team. He wants to be the guy, which is great. That's the kind of confidence you want if somebody has the skills and the work ethic to back that up. So I don't think that he would necessarily mind going to the AHL. I just, for me, the thing that I find really frustrating, and we've also, you know, there's also been problems with secondary scoring, for example, with the Canadians, not scoring on the power play. Like there's a lot of things where like, if you give him different, if you manage his ice time differently, you give him more opportunities. And so we've just kind of been like, we'll send him to the AHL. They'll give him the opportunities there. Kind of. Well, that's what happened to your point, particularly about special teams. Shane Wright wasn't getting those shifts on special teams. He wasn't given the trust 
at that time. Again, just given kind of what was happening with Seattle, I, I've argued. So, yes, giving him those times, he got significant min minutes, excuse me, on the power play. He got significant minutes in different scenarios and situations where he can – kind of get used to playing that role. And Shane Wright talked to media yesterday and he said he was excited. He was excited to go down to the AHL. And, you know, uh, Everly also spoke to media and he's like, you know, everyone kind of sees it as like a wake up call or, you know, you don't necessarily want to get sent down to the A, but sometimes it's necessary, whether it's because of injury or just getting a fresh perspective. So I think that what I like in Shane's perspective, and it sounds like you I would have this same perspective is that, if that's going to ultimately lead to success for them in the long term and success for the team, then they're all about it. And that, honestly, I don't know that you can ask for more. I know we can ask for one thing, and that's more Slavkovsky <laughs> goals, because if there's one thing he loves doing, it's scoring goals and immediately screaming at people. And I just want more of that. It's great for Twitter it. content. I love it. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I saw that first goal and he just like is, oh my gosh, it was insane. It was at, like, he had an out of body experience and you know what? I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much love for that. And the meme it became is so, so, so good. Um, I will say though, we were talking about what more could you want? I think Scott, you want more Maddie Veneers talk. So in our final segment, in just one moment, we're going to talk the game and we're going to give a little bit of focus to our boy, Matty Beneers. Okay, so I kind of claimed Matty Beneers is our boy, but really it's Erica's boy and Scott's boy. I just jumped on the bandwagon a couple of months after Scott said that he was going to be the Calder winner. <laughs> I, I, I jumped on I boys, just, but he is definitely I, our boy. <laughs> I just love Maddie Beneers so much. And I don't just say that as a fan of the Michigan Wolverines who beat Ohio State in football and won the Big Ten title uh, for the second year in a row. Um, I loved Maddie Beneers. Uh, before obviously the, that was the year the Canadians went to the Stanley Cup final. They were never going to be able to draft Maddie Beneers when they were waffling a little bit under Claude Julian. I'm like, oh hell yeah, we're gonna they're gonna get Maddie Beneers, and they're like, what if we just make the Stanley Cup final instead? And it's like, well, I guess so. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I oh, he's amazing. I love Maddie Beneers, and he I was my Calder pick before the season started. I would be lying if I didn't say I wanted Slavkovsky or Caden Gooley to win that. But Matty Beneers is, he is that dude to, you know, quote the yes. kids on Twitter. Yes. He is he that is guy. That dude. He is that guy. I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. He is that guy. When the Seattle Kraken were struggling and floundering, he was the one in, in injecting energy into this lineup. 24 games played. He's got 10 goals, 11 assists. He is a fantastic player. And even in that stretch of like, ooh, four games where he didn't even record one point, we got so spoiled that he was just crushing it. He was still finding ways to win the puck back for Seattle and was integral to the two um, winning streaks that we had. We got to a, a whole five-game win streak, I'll have you know. <laughs> and then we extended it to seven. Look at that. Before last year, we only got three wins in a row. So that's been exciting. But, um, you know, Maddie Veneers is definitely that guy. He plays the game well, and he 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 – finds a way to improve something literally every time he hits the ice, which means that 
I don't even know if there is a ceiling for this kid. Sky's the limit. I'm so excited. I mean, I love that he's on the Seattle Kraken. Like I said, I got to cover him at the Olympics. Him and Sarah Nurse, those were my two main ice hockey um, assignments. And it was so exciting. I still have not forgiven Quinn for not putting him in, in the shootout. I don't understand how you do that. And I hope that that is somewhere on his Wikipedia bio that he fudged that up in a big way uh, but I'm not bitter it's fine um, but Maddie Veneers <laughs> is amazing and I'm so excited to see um, you know I, I want the kid to stay healthy I, he's gonna continue to get stronger and he's he's something special I guess my question with that is to kind of tie this into the game then is he you know the crack into watch if you're the Canadians like obviously uh, Andre Burakovsky has been very good and Jordan Eberle is an ageless wonder at this point, but is Maddie Beneers that guy that if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you go, you stick Caden Gooley to him and say, nope, no space for him. And that is your guy. I mean, so my answer is yes. And good luck <laughs> because again, <laughs> um, Maddie Beneers does so many amazing things. He's such a dynamic player. And um, I think he's, also content to and is learning how to actually game plan and strategize to take a lot of attention with him to open up space. You mentioned Everly. Everly has been playing with Beneers and Everly will sing Beneers praises to the high heavens because he's getting him points. Um, you know, I think uh, he's also been, he's played with McCann and Schwartz. We've been mixing up the lines, but I mean, he is going to find his teammates. He's doing so much better in open ice, 50-50 puck battles. I mean, I think it was maybe the first or second game this season. He got stood up, absolutely just blasted on the blue line. He bounced right back up, but you're not seeing that. He's not, you know, just being plowed over anymore. Um, so, like I said, yeah, you're probably going to want a game plan for him, but also good luck because he's going to find ways to impact the game. But, yes, you have to watch Andre Burakovsky, Jared McCann. Uh, those those are players that you absolutely have to watch if you're a team playing the Seattle Kraken right now. And I think one of the things is that, you know, lost in that uh, right versus Slavkovsky narrative is that a very similar trajectory has happened to the both of these teams. They both had really rough seasons, rough starts last year. And this year, even though it's not, you know, you're not necessarily sitting there going, okay, this team is a world beater. You're seeing so much better from both teams. So um, I think in Montreal, it, it is a bit simplistic, but also not untrue to say that Martin St. Louis was the difference. I'm curious about Seattle. Like, what's been the difference this year versus last year where you're seeing the team come together earlier, you're seeing more wins earlier in the season, you're seeing uh, positive growth, which is so, so important for, you know, for a team that's, like, not rebuilding but building, right? Yeah, that's a really great question, especially because Dave Haxel, his head has been on the chopping block for a really long time since like he got before he got the job. But um, I think the difference for me and it, it's it's kind of, you know, at the sake of sounding trite or like, you know, it, it's a little played out. But the 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 hustle is is completely different. This is going to be a blue collar team still, I think, for at least another two Hopefully not another three to five seasons. Um, but I think that we've seen this team figure out what they need to do to win. And as Everly actually says, not just 
play to not lose. Uh, they're finding ways to get wins. I will also say that, and I alluded to our goaltending woes, which it was, I was like pulling my hair out. Like who the heck is our goaltender now? Martin Jones has gotten us more wins than we likely deserved early in, in the season. I'm very curious to see what uh, Dave Haxtell decides for my money, I would put Martin Jones back in net. Um, I've never been high on Philip Grubauer, so I'm very curious to see what happens there. But Martin Jones has been amazing. But overall, again, it's just players really committing to the system, being more comfortable with it, and executing to a T. We did not execute. I called us the teenagers. You know, like you tell someone, a teenager, you tell them what to do, they nod, they say yes, cognitively they understand, and then they go off into the world and just forget everything that you just said. That's the, That was the Seattle Kraken in the inaugural season and early on this year, but they've, they're starting to process things and, and take it and make it their own. So shall we do predictions or do we have more questions for each other's teams? No, because every time I make a prediction, I end up eating something disgusting on this show. So, <laughs> well, I want to know, like you said, that it was a similar trajectory and a team really uh, trying to get together. Like, let us know. One, for, what is the conversation about Shane Wright? And the Canadians, like this head-to-head that we're going to see in a big way. I mean, I want to really know what that conversation has been like from your perspective. But then also, what makes this team dangerous? And and what is Seattle going to have to watch out for tonight? So the in Shane, terms of – sorry. Go, go ahead. Go you, ahead. You, take, you take Shane, I take danger. How about that? All right. <laughs> so the, the Shane Wright thing is very weird because there are some Habs fans who took the whole, like, he glared at Martin St. Louis and the table and all that very personally <laughs> – and it's like, okay, it's it's done. It's over with. After the draft, because uh, I was there like for the draft, and it was stunned cheering, I think is the best way to put it. And <laughs> once Slavkovsky kind of came out of his shell and like, you know, talked about how he's like, how, like, how are you going to make sure fans don't boo? He's like, I guess I'm just going to play better. And he gets it. He He's built for the market that he kind of lets things roll off his back. And fans are tantalized by what they see there. And for Shane Wright, it's if he went second, like right after that, I think there'd be even more competition going on. But then it was Logan or Seaman Nemich, and then it was Logan Cooley. And it put a little bit of distance between all of that. So I think it's kind of cooled off, but it is very exciting to see this coming up here because we've been trying to think of what is the funniest possible outcome of this happening. And a lot of people said Shane Wright's healthy scratch and Yuri Slavkovsky scores a hat trick. (laughs) But obviously that's not the case. It's going to be very interesting to see them both on the ice at the same time because neither have lit it up, I think, the way that many fans expected. Mm -hmm. But you can see the promise forward there. And I think uh, for a lot of Montreal fans, the rational ones, they kind of go, okay, this was not a personal like attack. This is a a personal business decision, not a personal attack on Shane Wright. They needed a winger who has all of these potential talents and weighs 240 pounds and is six foot five as a child. And I think that's, that's that's kind of where it's at. It's, it's, he's a terrifyingly large person. I I can't get over (laughs) it. Like just insanely big. It's exciting because I can't remember. The Canadians are not often in like the lottery competition of things. So it is very exciting to see presumed first for the longest time. And then the actual first going head to head in this game here, especially because 
oldest team in the league, newest team in the league. There's a lot of fun that goes in with that. So Yeah, and Dave Haxel's like, hey, have fun with your storylines, but we're not focused on that. But it is fun. It is fun. And to your point, there's so many different storylines. I'm very intrigued. I, I I don't I mean locked on Kraken fans just cover your ears for like 2.5 seconds. <laughs> my gut tells me like Shane don't want none of that smoke. He don't want no parts of no, that smoke. Like no. I don't know if anyone on the Kraken wants none of that smoke. So I think <laughs> it's be just a very politely played like let's go get him tiger. <laughs> 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 That's my bold prediction. It's like Cheerioza, good day to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know what though? I do agree because the thing is, I think I think the thing that gets lost in all of this is that these two were in the conversation at the same time for long enough that they became friends, right? Through all the media events and the combine and all of that. Like they have a respect and friendliness towards each other. And I think, you know, from the Shane Wright perspective, everybody's going to want him to, exactly, he doesn't want any of that smoke. But, you know, like, people are going to want him to do that. So I think it's going to be really funny. I think the funniest outcome would have been, obviously, if they both get held out of the lineup. But now that we think we're we're pretty clear that they're both going to be playing, I think, first of all, I don't want the coaches to do the thing where they never play them on the ice at the same time. Like, that's that's not going to be fun. Um, Let the kids play. (laughs) Exactly. But I think it's going to be really fun to see just kind of how they you don't want to compare the two to each other because they're very different players but just how they handle themselves on the ice that maturity that you know a couple of nights ago Nick Suzuki uh perennial you know young but but you know old soul guy lost his cool in a game against Edmonton and flung (laughs) the puck across the ice and everybody was laughing (laughs) about it but people were like you can't be the captain and do that you know, like, so, like, I want to see, like, you know, what their level of maturity is, what their intensity is, if they're able to corral that intensity and turn it into skill. Um, but in terms of the question that you asked earlier, where's the danger in the Montreal Canadiens? Well, I got to tell you, they're struggling with secondary scoring. Yes, 22. They're struggling with secondary scoring. Um, their goaltending, depending on who's playing, is either lights out or kind of inconsistent, but with flashes of brilliance. Uh, their defense <laughs> is not good. Um, they don't know where to put who. Um, and so it's yeah. really going to be the Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, and Cole Caulfield line that if you give them an opportunity, they will burn you. Mm. So you got to be careful not to give them any opportunities. But, you know, their power play isn't great. Their penalty killing isn't bad. Uh, their goaltending isn't bad. But their power play is um, reportedly not the worst in the league. But if you watch it, you would yeah. find that very hard to believe. 29th overall. We right now are 8th on the power play, which I'm like, where? But um, <laughs> I guess recency bias, maybe. But penalty kill, uh, yeah, not great for the Seattle Kraken. It was abysmal against the florida panthers i mean a lot of what you said i was like are we are you sure you're talking you're talking about the practice i don't know um i think it's going to be intriguing to see like we've had some wild and crazy we were part of a a 17 goal game against the la kings so we can get up we can get up there in in scoring um now can we stop as many from going in is the question i as far as predictions, I, I do have fun doing a score prediction. And I've oftentimes been right with the score, but wrong with who, who scores the amount of goal. <laughs> so we'll see if that holds true today. I'm feeling like a, a 4-2, 4-3 game. And um, um, 
I don't always pick the Kraken. I don't know if that makes Kraken fans mad, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't always pick the Kraken, but I'm going to go 4 to Seattle. Climate Pledge Arena, I think we need to show that we can win at home. We've struggled a little bit with that. I do think that the fans are going to be rowdy for this game. I don't know that they'll boo your eye or anything. They'll certainly get excited anytime Shane bats an eye. Um, so I think that will be exciting. Uh, so I'm going to go 4 2. That is actually kind of where I was thinking. This game is going because I know the Kraken have played a lot of like, hey, what if we score 17 goals in this game? And just, you know, <laughs> like it's normal. Um, I think we could see like four, two, five, three. I think this is because the Habs are playing the day we were recording this in Vancouver at 1030 for some godforsaken reason. Um, Jake Allen will be starting against there. So I'm very curious to see what they do because David Savard's out injured. They're still missing other forwards. Are they going to have the legs for two West coast games here? Um, it might be sloppy, but sloppy doesn't always mean bad. It can mean fun, high scoring games. So I think we could see. Uh, the Habs sneak one out here, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Kraken just come out and use, you know, that Beneers, Eberle, uh, Burakovsky, you know, trio of uh, players, Jared McCann there to kind of just put the Habs down early and then just kind of coast to the finish. Yeah. I think Semyon Montembeau is going to be, I- I'm assuming he's playing if Jake Allen, Jake, Jake playing, Allen's the Kraken, uh, Montembeau is tonight. All right. Yes. So then, you know what? 6-3, Kraken. (laughs) (laughs) Jake Allen better not be listening to this. No, he's struggling a lot, Erica. Like, he's got a newborn at home. It's totally understandable. And he's, you know, he's being played a lot. So I totally get it. Like, you know, all the all, all the goalies with the with, with with that kind of sleep schedule being messed up. Uh so I Yeah, Martin Jones, same situation. Yeah. Him and uh and Everly uh they had their children that were born on the same day. Actually. Oh wow, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. So like there's like a little bit of dad strength, but then like newborn dad <laughs> sleep going in there. Yeah, Um, yeah. I think for me, it's going to be like, you know, you're talking about the penalty kill not being great. We're talking about the power play not being great. So it's going to be really interesting to see what is going to happen when an extremely stoppable force meets an extremely movable object. Like that's going to be, that's going to be fun to look out for. Stay out of the box. Don't take silly penalties. Carson Susie's giving me fits here, man. He keeps... (laughs) Budging up. At least he knows. He's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you should. You know. shouldn't. Have. Don't do it. <laughs> um, and- I think it'll be a fun one either way. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited for this game, but it's about time we wrap up uh, because we are going a little over. But this is the thing. It's like it's so fun talking to Erica. Like you bring so much energy that I just love doing podcasts with you. Um, so thank you so much for not just suggesting this, but also coming on and giving us your time, especially after a long weekend. And so thank you again, Erica. Tell us where they can find you and your podcast and specifically the most one of the most recent podcast episodes that you did that all our listeners will probably be interested in listening in. Yes. Okay. So we did have Shane Wright. I thought it was also hilarious. Just a little bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, when I tweeted it out, I was like, uh, is Shane Wright giving me the side eye? That's because he was literally like, his camera was fixed. So. <laughs> <laughs> were you doing the Martin you know, family chip eating there? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, you can find that on the Locked on Kraken YouTube channel. The full interview is up with Shane Wright. And then there is an episode where we talk about that. I mentioned Hadi Kalikach a few times, and he does a great job breaking. Check out Locked on NHL Prospects. But you can find that interview on Locked on Kraken YouTube. And then you can find Locked on Kraken wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can find me at elindsay zero eight on all platforms. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.